it's the it's a show. It's it we're it's our own after show in Damn, the show. That was a good start. Jesus. Well, I'm trying <laughs> to think of how to phrase it. You know, it's it's an after show, but during Travis it's began, a during show. Travis began concurrent. the show being chased down a hill by Prince Humperdinck, and he threw himself down. Roll, 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 roll. <laughs> when he got to the bottom, he began. <laughs> You know, sometimes, you know, I think this applies to the show, too. You know, sometimes you open your mouth and you're like, the words are going to be there. And sometimes they are, yeah, you know, and you make are. magic. This is the, 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 the zone. adventure, adventure zone, 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 zone. Yep. It's the talk show where we talk about the thing and it's the Max Fun Drive. Ooh, and we're done with the hey. experimental arcs. There's a lot of stuff going on. And maybe we should answer some questions. We got a ton. Thank you for sending them in. Um, thank you, everybody who wanted to know if Errol would get his root beer, which is to say the 400 of you that emailed about Errol ever getting his root beer, the answer is, I don't know. Who knows? So that's one question, that's one, that's question, one question down, answer. we're already deep Check. in the shit. And um. that's the biggest cliffhanger established in <laughs> yeah. any of the mini arcs. Um, Let's take a quick moment before we get rolling, though. I want to thank, thank you to our fan base. We've never had a name for them, so I'm going to start calling you Bachelor Nation, Thank you, Bachelor Nation, for your support of the Adventure Zone. Um, we we it, it, it honestly means a lot. Um, if you if you weren't with us this time last year, we should mention that this is the Max Fun Drive, which means it's the one time a year we come to you hat in hand and say, "Hey, could you give us a little bit of money for what you have taken from us, which is our gifts?" And we have yeah, that's them how we freely. always phrase it. Yep, yep, yep. Right. Yes. So we, we're a part of the Max Fun Network, and the network is supported by donors like you, hopefully, uh, where we ask you during the Max Fun Drive, if you enjoy our show, think about supporting us. Uh, you can go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Find out about the different membership le- levels and the, the uh, gifts you will receive if you donate at them. We're going to talk a lot more about them just to let you know, though, $5 a month. That'll get you all the bonus content that every show on the network has ever done, and that includes an episode we did this year that Justin ran called the Adventure Zone Elementary, um, which in which we played a game called Four Sherlock Holmeses and a Vampire, who's one of the aforementioned Sherlock Holmeses. It was very fun, and we've gotten a lot of uh, very sweet tweets, sweet little sweetie tweeties about it. I don't think I got enough credit, and this is Dad's idea. I don't think I got enough credit for continuing our naming scheme. Yes, um, I was absolutely brilliant. That was Dad's idea. I I, I shouldn't take. I, I also want to say, along with that, there's also uh, you can hear the Adventure Zone Nights, uh, which is the steampunk one that I created, including special guest Lin Manuel Miranda playing D and D for the first time ever. And it was probably good. the last, wasn't yeah. it? The last, and probably the last. Yes, uh, but um, you can check that out. Maximumfun.org forward slash donate. Go now if you're interested in hearing that stuff. Don't wait because it's so easy to forget it. And the Max Fun Drive only goes two weeks. We're going to talk more about it, but first. Um, let's see. Let's start with the questions. Yeah. This question is probably for Griffin, but maybe for all of us. Will Trey's Horny Boys still be the focus of live shows moving forward, or will live shows start featuring Amnesty? And that's from Brian. I think I think we may get to a point where it would be cool to do an Amnesty show. Uh, but f- everything we talked about uh, since we wrapped up balance is that we would continue doing, uh, you know, the balance, the balance crew for the live shows. So um, I think the one it I have hard for us to. I, the only time I see it maybe is like after Amnesty is like complete, maybe wanting to return to it for like a one-off. But honestly, 
I love I love the balance world and I love those characters and it honestly I would be too sad if I thought we weren't going to go back to that. Yeah, for well, sure. This know. is a, it's it, a way it's a way of us for like continue to, for us to keep carrying the torch while also sort of moving on to two things because I think of the live shows and and the episodes that come out of that as like weirdly like their own their own well, that, thing that's and so thing that's is, how i justify it's, it with balance because the story is completed it's so much easier to do one-offs without having to worry about like character development or plot development or anything whereas if we tried to do a live show like in the middle of a live like an arc that's still going mm-hmm. you know it's it's not a, it, it's easy to do like semi-canonical one-offs with with you know bureau of balance right but we can't really do that with an arc we're still establishing could right. we yeah. do it? Could we do two acts? Could we do like balance in the first act and amnesty in the second act? Yeah, sure. Let's just double the up the fucking the, work. The problem uh, with that on, is really Griffin. He's the rate limiting yeah. factor uh, on that. Ah, I know. Yeah. I know. Um, well, my, I've already my, got if, my. I've got my Ned cosplay already. Uh, Listen, every every night before I go to bed, I do my stretches to try to uh, grow two extra lobes onto my brain. Two extra Lisa lobes right onto my brain. So. But no, no luck so far. Were you guys considering a space type game? If so, what would the game have been called, and why didn't it happen? Or do I have something to impatiently wait for? That's from Alex. Yeah, this is a, we got this question a lot because in in our artwork we did include a section that looks like spaceships. Well, it looks like spaceships because it's spaceships. I had an idea for a space campaign that I wanted to do that I've I've had for years um that i was thinking we were going to get to doing these experimental uh during the experimental arc phase but um and and maybe this is like a good time to talk about this like it's been eight months since we wrapped up balance and we the the reason that we're kind of like jumping into season two and amnesty now is just like we all feel this sort of uh i don't know what the right word is here maybe anxiety uh, uh, about just like we're ready for we're ready to do season two we miss anticipation we, anxiety because there's well, a void there's a I, void anticipation looks a lot like anxiety up in this old brain but um yeah it it, it doing the experimental arts has been really cool and we've learned so much and we've I, i'm really happy with the stuff that we did but there is something about like uh expanding a world and knowing that you have like a long runway in front of you to expand a world that like we've we've missed and so we we've been ready to do it so it just wasn't right but yeah i still have this idea for a space game um and if i can jump in and expand to a larger point because the the next question is from lulu about like dust and dust and commitment and we left them on like uh cliffhanger endings and if we're ever gonna get back to them Here's one of the things, like, the biggest takeaway, I would say, from the mini arcs is, like, when we were doing balance, we were so focused on it. And that's how we ended up with three years of it, right? Because, like, it just felt like we can't start on anything else till this is done. And now, from doing the mini arcs, it kind of was a, uh inadvertent test and, like, an accidental proving ground of, like, oh, we can work on a lot of different things at once. So like one of the things that we're kind of looking to do with uh, moving forward is to have Amnesty be like, you know, the main story in the main weeks in in what some might call 
Good Thursdays. Good, good Thursdays. Right. But then in the <laughs> Which by the way, this is that that is an inadvertent way of addressing another question that comes later that we can answer really quickly. We are gonna go back to bi weekly. Uh, because now I think that all of us had a, a run at being DM. Uh, it's it, doing that shit every week is so brutal. Yeah, it's so hard. But now, like, if I'm ready to do another, you know, couple episodes of Dust, we can record those and do them in the off weeks. Or yeah. if Dad is ready to do another arc of commitment, we do them in the off weeks. Or if Justin comes up with something he wants to DM, we can do it in the off weeks. Or if we just find like a really funny one-off like we did with the Sherlock Holmes game, we can put it up in the off weeks. So- I would fucking love to do more one-offs. That was that's something we never do. Um play, specifically play all the experimental arcs I was I was I was happy with, but we didn't really play short form games that were designed for short form campaigns. We played like long form games except for uh for Sherlock Holmes as in a vampire. And that was fucking really, it was really fun, and it was really funny, and it gave us a lot of freedom to just, like, goof off, I feel like. But also, we there was no tension between us and how we were playing uh, the game, because the game was designed to be, like, one episode of a podcast, if that, yeah. if that makes sense. I would love to do more stuff And like I, that. I do also want to tie it back to the Max Fun Drive, because one of the reasons we're looking to generate more content is, like, we know that it matters to you because we've seen your support over the last couple of years and we know how much this kind of content and how much you look forward to it. So it's one of the things we've been looking at for a while of how do we make it weekly or how do we generate more content? And the thing is, is like when we're doing the main storyline, we just can't, we can't consistently do it weekly. It's just too much, right? But now that we have all these other threads to pluck at, we can fill in some of those gaps and generate more content for you because we know how much that matters to you. And and it's because of your support for things like Max Fun Drive that we know you care about this content enough for us to find opportunities to make more of it. Which is all which content is, again, I'm gonna jump It's really in the rough. Now. It's so which rough. is which is not to say that we are going to go weekly where like every off week we're gonna have some other Hell no. thing. There's no, no, no. there's no way we, we would be delayed. this will be very, very, very sporadic. But um this is this is just a way for us to we we loved these worlds so much and like we we do want to return to them and this is kind of what we're thinking. I tell I, I tell you I want to talk uh now that we've played all the experimental arcs and this is an an actual question but I wanted to discuss it real quick. I want to talk about commitment cuz commitment was really interesting to me in that I, commitment was, was was probably the character that I thought the most about cuz we had the most downtime in between and it's the character that like I was really Ex- I, like I was very excited about Irene and Cardala. I actually think an interesting thing with commitment is that I think the world and the characters were all super cool. I'm not sure that game, I'm not sure fate necessarily lends itself to what we do. And I, I've only realized that like after playing the other games and it, it's an interesting phenomenon in that fate seems very well designed for storytelling, but I think that it is, it creates a sort of collaborative storytelling that is more interesting to the people playing it than it would be to people necessarily yeah. Yeah, listening is... to it. Dad, Dad, did you like? Yeah, you think that's I, a fair I, take. Yeah, I went with fate because uh, when I came across it, it uh, it's that was what appealed to me about it was the storytelling angle of it and the collaborative. It felt very. 
uh, theatrical to me. And it was about the storytelling and about character development. But at the same time, it did have mechanism for conflict. And if you're going to do a superhero story, there has to be battle. There has to be an element of 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 battle involved in that. It's, I think that's just you know part of the the whole story. So yeah, I would love to bring back commitment and and pursue the the storylines and the plot lines. But I I I might look for a game that lends itself you know more towards that that kind of format because it wasn't a typical Jack Kirby. You know, every two pages, somebody's in a fist fight, right? Kind of deal. What? But it, it that is does, it does need to have that mechanism, though. That's not to say that it's a it is a bad game. No, I not hope at you all. Do not, no, do not take I, that. I think it's a very cool game. It's just like the same way that we probably couldn't have done fourth edition Dungeons and Dragons for balance, right? Because that was much right. more about how your characters are in physical space. Uh, as compared to fifth edition, which was much more just ta- just talking over a table, um, like the, j- certain games don't really fit what we do, and like tracking aspects and running the tracking aspects the, was the big thing. I think that it, that is so perfect for having note cards in front of you, mm-hmm. and if somebody actually like designed, like I think someone would actually need to design software specifically to to handle that remotely where everybody's looking at the same cards and stuff. But, that, but then even if it in chat, even if we can see it, um, the audience like that's a lot. Right. To ask them to right. Remember, well, so. That's the okay. thing is, I feel like one of the things, one of the big learning experiences from doing the mini arcs was like, what is the mix at which Adventure Zone works best? Right. Because there are a lot of actual play podcasts that I absolutely love, but I don't really consider Adventure Zone, a pure actual play podcast, because I don't feel like I don't feel like you could listen to Adventure Zone and come away understanding exactly how to play the game. Like that was one of the things with Dust that I really liked about Urban Shadows is it was so such a loose rules structure that like I I think maybe like twenty five percent of each episode was actually about like gameplay. So twenty five percent would actually be a good reflection of my current it, understanding of the rules of Urban Shadows. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so this is this is a good opportunity to talk about. You talked about like sort of how we balance, no pun intended, between like different, um, different sort of goals as as we're doing the show. And we got sort of we got two sort of questions here um, that we can sort of address this at. Uh, Rob asked, and this is uh, something that we got from a lot of folks in sort of a lot of different iterations. A lot of discussions on popular Taz-related internet forums lately have been focused around the actual play component of Taz and whether or not that has or should take a backseat to the more narrative-driven aspects of the show. The arms outstretched moment of balance that were born out of crazy dice rolls or the surprise spellcasting uh, like Phantom Steed are the reason a lot of us listen. Will Monster of the Week deliver on the actual play aspects the same way D&D did? Any insights to this would be super rad. And, w- and what I think is so interesting about this question, um, it's it's all, I think, like a matter of perspective, because those two examples that you, that you listed, um, and I know there's a lot of people who were put off when we switched off D&D and when we announced that season two would not be in D&D, even though that's something that we I feel like we've been pretty upfront with since Balance wrapped up. Both Arms Outstretched and Phantom Steed do, uh, in some way, sort of like, those are sort of things that happen kind of because of the rules of, of D&D that we were playing, but they are also two big examples of us explicitly saying fuck the rules uh phantom steed like if you want to look at it literally like 
that's a spell you have to like i don't know channel for a minute it's not designed to create a magic uh binacorn that first of all it's not supposed to create a unicorn at all right it's supposed to create a, a horse but whatever but it's like not designed to like catch somebody out of the air as they're falling off of a moving race car uh and arms outstretched was literally three back to back to back examples of things that like completely break the rules of D&D. Having a magic item that instantly rips the soul out of somebody's body is not, like, in the player's handbook, and having uh, a soul jar cast you into this, like, astral plane where you can fly around and grab people as they're being sucked into a hell death dimension, and then uh, Dad's spell, I forget what it was, but that wasn't how that fucking worked even a little bit. It never was! Not even a little bit. And so, like, there are things that people bring up, and, and when I think about things like uh, Phantom Steed, and that's one that we get a lot. Is like I'm worried stuff like that's not going to happen in 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 Monster of the Week. Like stuff like that also shouldn't happen in Dungeons and Dragons we'll, if we're we'll following break. the rules. Like, all it, don't let, you worry let's, about let's, that. I, let's. I think that you can also chalk this up to the experimental arcs. In that we had there are two things that I think have been sort of missing from like what people would classically think is the Adventure Zone that I believe we'll be able to do better in in Amnesty. But like, and and that is more dice rolls and like letting mechanics dictate some plotting and also yes. like more goofy shit. Yeah. Because at, I, I, we each had, not me, but the, uh, I think everybody had stories that they wanted to get through and we had a pace that we wanted to work through with, with these stories. And I think that to, because of that, we were moving at, like we tend to do a lot more stuff in, exposition and storytelling ver- and dialogue versus like leaning on the rules. I think that also betrays a lack of confidence in those rules and those mechanics and like having an idea of how they work. Like you got to understand y'all like we're pretty good at bullshitting. We've been doing it for a long time. We're not necessarily great at like playing these, these games cause we've never played them before and trying to like learn a game while you create a story, while you improv all the lines and the dialogue and also try to make it like entertaining, it's really fucking hard. And I think that especially, like- especially during introductory things like all of these mini arcs were this was the case in balance. You go back and listen to the first couple episodes of literally every arc. And especially later on, like it is mostly exposition because in order to like create this space where y'all can uh, find your own solutions to stuff and sort of explore your thing, it it does entail, especially fucking eleventh uh, uh, hour. That is a lot of handholding to get you guys into this kind of com- complicated scenario of a town where things reset every hour, and here's what you need to know about that. Okay, now we can do it, and that felt like how all these all these mini arcs are and now that we're kind of moving into season two it feels like we're gonna have a lot more room to to play around and i think dust i think travis had to deal with that even more in dust because you're doing a a murder mystery you're doing something that is is basically here's some clues yeah you you can figure it out and and there's there's a lot on there i don't i I know when in commitment um you have certain things you you know you you know where the story is going. I did not have an ending. I honest to God did not have an ending plan. You mean you didn't expect us to fly through the air on a helicopter eating strombolis as we take a bad guy to the White House? <laughs> that was the best fucking Listen, ending to any story ever. I, I have an imagination, but it's not quite like that. I did not know how the story was going to end. 
Um, and so, you know, for me, I can't, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but for me, the toughest thing was pacing. Well, the uh, yeah, dude, of it. that's true for Th- this is yeah. a lot of people pointed out that like dust really felt like it ended fairly suddenly and like it could have I, gone another episode. But here's the thing I had written down. I, I have like a hundred pages of, of shit that I wrote for dust, but like I had written down, like, here's all the information that will lead them to this. Right. And then suddenly it was done. And yep. like, yeah. I didn't want to have an episode where it was just like, I don't know, right? Because that's not good pacing. And the other thing is, it also, when you're writing a mystery, is like, yeah, if they go to here and talk to this person, it will all be figured out. And like, that wasn't happening. You know what I mean? And so, I, it, it was one of those things a lot of people asked about, like, the Banshee just straight up saying, like, don't trust Connors. Here's who the killer is. But yeah. it was like, I, I expected them to have a lot more conversations with Connors leading up to that, right? And it just it it never happened. And I can't in in the as the DM say, well, maybe you should go check right. in with Connors some more. Uh, and so it's fucking hard to DM a mystery. All right, I want to. I want to. We're we're gonna pick up the pace on questions. I'm just gonna hit you guys with some. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrest control from you. Okay. My question is for each of you. It's from Laura. That last one, uh, are, uh, uh, the question is for each of you, and I would like to know, what has surprised you most about the response to these mini-arcs? And that's from Laura. I will just hmm. say, for Dust, I, I was sure that because it was like someone's been murdered and like somebody's life is on the line, that it would. I was worried that it was going to be like too serious and dark. And I think that it did skew that way a little bit, but overall, everybody was talking about like the funny parts of it. And I do think that it has to do with, like, when you have a more serious story, I think the funny moments stand out a lot more um, against Yeah, the especially when we when we did the setup episode, we saw, like, a lot of people saying, like, why the fuck are they trying to make it serious? Like, this is a comedy show. But in my opinion, the your, y'all's vamping on my throwing the gun at the bell... Oh, God. was like that was fucking hysterical to me and and this is we have another question that we can answer like in a, a few seconds of somebody talking about like and and this we got this a lot of just like balancing is it a comedy show now it's getting more dramatic and i i really like and this is maybe me getting defensive but like i don't think they're mutually exclusive the show has certainly gotten more dramatic and i felt this since we've been doing the adaptation of here there be gerblins where there weren't like any other than like fandolin's destruction and then you guys immediately going right back to like goofy goof 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 despite the fact that this horrible horrible thing had just happened uh like there weren't that many dramatic beats and i i feel like adding those to the show has really made it something cool and i think a lot more people have kind of uh found the the show because of of those things um, but I don't think that means that we can't do funny shit any anymore. And I don't I don't necessarily I think do. that's true of the arcs. Oh, okay. Sorry, I meant to tell you guys. It's oh, all no. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just it's salt and pepper, baby. It's salt and pepper. Yeah. You gotta have them both. You gotta have both those flavors. They highlight and balance each other. Dad, what has surprised you most about the response to the mini arcs? Um gosh. Um, I I have loved how people have uh, embraced the characters. I I knew they would, um, but oh, Mister Confident over here. Well, the well, I mean, I knew that because I think the one of the things that you guys bring to it is is creating very compelling. You characters. too, Daddy. You also well, yeah. bring it. 
I was basically thinking about commitment. I I love the fact that that Griffin got to be a character. I thought that was was pretty cool, and just everybody's response was just was so so great. It, because no, not everybody. Now you do say everybody. Words have meanings. No, stop. My contradictory thing is we had a lot of people who were uh, very vocal about how we were following the rules or not following the rules of D anD D, and I really don't think we got any of that. Literally, none of that when we were doing these arcs. And I was I was genu- genuinely worried about that because we were trying to learn and play a bunch of different games. And and I think folks were like way cooler about like how we played these games than than I expected. And I really appreciate it. I will that. also just say like talking about the learning experience of the arcs. I think as Justin pointed out, going into commitment, we had all this time to like work on our characters. And so I think when we started commitment, we want it was <laughs> it was almost like a rebound relationship, right? After balance where we wanted to start at the same point we were, you know, when we finished balance. So we wanted to start with everybody knowing everything about our characters. And so, like, I remember in the setup episode, like, and this person did, and they went to school here, and they learned this, and this is the relationship they have with their parents. And, th- and like, it w- we were really trying to, like, start We off. did too much. We did too much setup and commitment. I think by the time we, even by the time we got to amnesty, because there's another question we got of, because this is something we talked about in the last uh, the, the Adventure Zone Zone we did at PodCon of just, like, making characters but leaving gaps. Uh, I, I, as somebody who is, like, after we finished uh, Amnesty, and by the way, it has been so good to have this huge break between the first chunk of Amnesty and where we are now because y'all gave me, like, so much shit to work with with the characters that you made and the enormous, enormous narrative gaps uh, it, like teasing out, like Ned inherited the Cryptonomica and was a criminal who something went something went south and now is like living on the lamb. And it's like, well, that's so much shit for me to work with. And Duck having this history of him walking away from uh, his destiny, but not really dialing into what that was or what that meant. And Aubrey having these magic powers that we haven't explained, like that is so much shit to work on. And so I don't think we, I don't think we went as hard in amnesty as we definitely all did in commitment where it was like, well, their favorite food yeah. is spaghetti. Um, all right, you guys, you're going to wait real quick before we, before we do that, I, because this is, this is associated. I want to know everybody's favorite character that you played in the mini arcs. Huh? Mine was Errol. Uh, with a with a bullet, man. So I really bullet. like. I think mine is Aubrey. Like honestly, it's I I I just I love I love uh like wizards and stuff. Like I you know it's and I also when I was thinking about Aubrey, based her off of like some of my favorite people in the world, like some of my best friends, and so like that's super fun for me. But it also is like I like how much I don't know about her when we started and like. It was very interesting because, like, the first time I I spoke as Aubrey, I didn't know what the voice was going to be. And then I started talking, and the voices informed so much about her to me. It's just really interesting. It's fun. Uh, Yeah, my uh, Cardala, I think, was probably the best character because it's the one I worked on the hardest. But it was also the scariest to do because it was way out of my lane. And I was I was, like, trying to work with a lot of stuff that I took very seriously and didn't want to fuck up. So that was very that was very hard, but I think Cardala came out the best. Uh, Augustus was probably the most fun to play, but I I choked with Augustus. I really wanted to make a character that like wasn't a good person, like wasn't a bad guy. And once I started talking that fucking Savannah accent, like I couldn't <laughs> not yeah. make him like 
like a, a charming dude, and I really fucked that up. Like I really did want to be, I I had intent of being a a worse person. I really did. It was like it just I I messed it up, and I still regret that. If we return to dust, maybe I'll try to make him more of a scumbag. I don't know. Um, and then dad, yeah, Ned. Dad. I, I loved playing Ned. I loved Ned to pieces. I just had the the best time. Uh, I like his personality, and like Travis. And I think Griffin for for commitment and 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 for dust. I did a lot of. Uh, I had a big backstory for him that I that I didn't use that I still think will still uh, still apply. And I'm really pumped up about. And playing. and that is something that like we didn't do until like fucking stolen century or no. I didn't get into y'all's backstories in balance until the going inside the chalice yeah. episode of balance, which was fucking 50 episodes in. And so having the opportunity, and that's why I was excited to like start over knowing what we know now. I want to, like, I want to say one thing about the characters and stuff. The, um, what people don't understand is like what Justin's talking about. It's really tough to play a character with those negative aspects. I mean, it was, I it was tough for Tra- I'm, Travis. May not admit it, but it was tough for him to play uh, Nadia in the fact that she had to be aloof and she had to be, you know, kind of standoffish. Yes, and because I, I it, like playing with y'all, so like it was really yeah, hard it, to be a jerk. You know? Yeah, it's really tough to play a character like that because I had I really thought about that with Gandhi. You know, but it just it doesn't it just that, doesn't work. That was all of dust. Like people have commented on. I thought Travis said it was going to be like all tense and no one was going to like each other. And it's like, yeah, but then like we got you know a good example. Of this but we do like, we do like yeah, each other quite a at bit at the Full Moon yeah. Saloon. Like you guys were so funny and charming. It made no sense for me to have characters just straight up not like you for no reason. Yeah, and, and that also harkens back to the length of the mini arcs and the fact that you know in balance. It developed over a natural period, you know, and and really going back and looking at the graphic novel and and stuff, I can I can see because they, they you know they they developed that trust and and that really we had to jump in media res in the mini arcs and that kind of puts more of a time pressure on you. Uh, I Dad, real quick, what's uh were you like a the before you created um Ned Chicane, Would you say you were like the biggest Gravity Falls fan, or were you just like, are you like the second biggest? You just love Gravity I, Falls so much. I had watched, I had watched Gravity Falls one time with your oldest daughter. Yeah. And with my hand over my heart, I had no idea who Grunkle Stan was from Gravity Falls. And I saw the reaction. Bing, 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 bing. That's all the tweets we're getting right now. Bing, 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 bing. But and and I will tell you this, and and I appreciate it. I've also had so many people say you you got to watch it, you got to see. But I, I I really knew from the get go that something more was going on with Amnesty. I knew. So no, I have not gone back and watched Gravity Falls. Yeah, there's an there's for an, the very an, reason for that it's very a, reason. It, it's a great show. I've seen like I've seen like a few episodes. I think I don't. I've seen necessarily... like a fucking all. It's the bomb. I. It it's not, a good show. Yeah, it's a good show. It can be demoralizing a little bit, and I hope you, you, if you tweeted something like this, don't take this personally or anything. But like when you're making something, it can be demoralizing that like it seems like there's a impulse to connect it to something familiar, and 
I think there are definitely similarities. I mean, fucking Gravity Falls has a rural town with monsters, and then there's like a a, sh- a shop where there's a person peddling bullshit or whatever. Like, yeah, there's there's definitely similarities. I'm not like ignoring that, but it's a little bit demoralizing when like we did the setup episode, and then I think there's a difference between saying like this reminds me of Gravity Falls, and then but or, or like this is. Oh, you guys are doing Gravity Falls, and oh, Ned reminds me of Grunkle Stan, and Ned is Grunkle Stan. It feels like, oh, well, I've seen this, I've seen this before, and I know that's not how it's meant, but it's a question of like volume because Dad got literally hundreds <laughs> of tweets when he did the setup episode saying like, oh, this is this character. Yeah, we got and a favorite kinda, text from Dad. He's like, who the fuck is Grunkle Stan? <laughs> what? <laughs> and it's kinda, it's, it is. It, it, I hope this is not uh, sounding like us being too sensitive. It's just like at the scale at which we were getting feedback. Feedback that was yeah, essentially what, this character we're not is this character. Y'all tweets were bi- we're big boys. You tweet what you want. You tweet what's in yeah. your heart. We can handle it. No, but what uh, we but are here to do is we are here to a answer right a lot of reasons. Your questions. Right reasons. We're talking about Bachelor Nation. <laughs> do, I don't. Why are we? We. Well, I have explicitly <laughs> moved away from Bachelor Nation. I don't want to necessarily. Griffin, read. Those are our fans. The Bachelor yeah, okay. Nation have been supporting the Adventure Zone since its inception, and I want to speak to Bachelor Nation, the fans of the Adventure Zone. Okay. I, uh, Griffin, I want you to know, I voted uh, for Zoner Boners, and Justin chose... All right, Bachelor Nation is way better, okay. yeah. Um, so as a Max Fun Drive, we're asking you if you enjoy our show, if you've been listening to uh, a lot of it and feel like you want to help support us, this is the best time of year for you to do that by going to MaximumFun.org slash donate and becoming a member and uh, picking the donation level that's right for you. If you do not have the means right now, totally, totally understand. We would never ask you to... Uh, to 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 make a contribution that you could not afford, definitely, totally. Um, but if you do have the means and you enjoy our show and uh, you want to think about it like a you know a Netflix or a Hulu where you get your entertainment and you pay for it uh, on a on a monthly basis, then we would encourage you to maybe think about doing the same here for for the Adventure Zone. Um, and especially if you listen if you listen to a bunch of shows on the network like Mabim Bam and uh, other other shows, then you know maybe it makes more more sense for you. We are about to in- indulge in my favorite Max Fun Drive tradition uh, since we've started the Adventure Zone. It's where Dad. Uh, reads the gifts that you can get in his fun voice that he does every year. Just stretch those cords and get a rolling. Just get All it right. Rolling. Take a break. 2018. Here. Well, for $5 a month, of course, you get the exclusive bonus content for $10. Now, a month. usually you do this guy, and that's what's uh, usually, usually. Usually hey, you try to sell the gifts a little bit hey, more than just saying what they are. We got $10 a month. That's going to get you a drive exclusive enamel pen. That's designed by <laughs> Megan Lynn Cott. And these are brand new designs. Holy cow, that's awesome. And they're really beautiful. For $20 Could, wait, a month. Wait, but what's the pen look like? I, I need you to describe the pen, please. The pen uh, for, uh, for Taz? Yes. I, I don't, yeah, the show we're currently recording. I just don't see a pin it's, for Taz. It's Doctor Harris Bonkers with a little flame in front of. Oh, like, that's a why. Starry it was sky. A um, yeah, it's Doctor Harris Bonkers. PhD. Okay. All right, it's beautiful. The Mabim Bam's good too. It's all right. Uh, they also it, every, every level that you move up, you get everything in the I, previous level. So at ten, you also get the bonus content. I think Still Buffering has the best one. I don't know if you guys looked at all the designs. Don't hate. Why are you? Why it's are like you? A, it's like a dummies book, and it says how to adult. It's great. Anyway, uh, that's just my personal. Well, I think yeah, Schrader's the best one. Twenty dollars a month. 
twenty dollars a month, you get the Max Fun Family Cookbook. Um, where's uh, my guy? Character voice. Yeah, character voice. For twenty dollars a you month, go. you get the Max Fun Family Cookbook. It is lovingly created for you by Max Fun Host. This book contains dozens of recipes from cocktails to desserts and everything in between. Plus, a bonus set of handsome space themed cookie cutters. I also would like to add in my normal voice that uh, we actually contributed to the Max Fun Family Cookbook. Because Spaghetti Geddon is in there with the recipe. Is, it? is, how, is yeah. the recipe <laughs> just like a lot of spaghetti? <laughs> just too uh, much no, spaghetti. No, Carol. Uh, actually, Carol put down the, the, the recipe for the sauce. I filled in a little bit of backstory on Spaghetti Geddon. But if you want to make the same spaghetti that was served up in Spaghetti Geddon, almost killing three men, um, then then that's in the cookbook. That's the spaghetti that fueled uh, that the gross Willy Wonka bit and mm-hmm. the, uh, yep. episode 55 episode 55 um and also uh god still rest on those laurels 345 episodes later man hot jesus christ uh and then uh well, the maximum 35 it also a has month. okay it also has uh the our mom's recipe for chess bars that i lovingly uh oh did you really describe. yeah it's in there it also has rachel's recipe for chili there's, oh, a, lot no. of, there's a lot of good stuff did Teresa and i are we <laughs> we nobody did we really meant to Oh no! Um, there's higher there's higher levels too. That um, as much as I love Dad's voice, we don't need to hammer hammer into because we got a ton of questions. Uh, if you if you're able to support us at that level, holy shit, thank you all so much. But we don't really care what level you're able to support us at. All that we care about is that you show your support, and uh, we're trying to get to twenty five thousand new and upgrading members. And so want to hit upgrading there because we haven't mentioned that yet. But like, yeah, you've been a donor a member for a while, and you're like, you know what? I'm listening to even more shows this year, or the shows that I've listened to have become even more important to me this year. Maybe consider upping that donation to the next level. Um, we really and you'll, you'll it. get the gifts too if you if you if you do that. So yeah, that's um, that's the, how you get the gifts. You got to upgrade or become it, a new member. It means a lot to us to like, and it, it it has meant a lot to us the way that you all have supported us and allowed the, us to turn this into a career. Dad got to retire from uh, the radio station last year uh, because of the money that you all give uh, us to make this show and that is so incredible and like one of i feel like our proudest achievements is that we were able to get our dad out of this uh job that was not so great for him anymore um but but it's also just like because of the more the hours and he's so old you know he's like, so old uh, um, but oh, but also like it's it's cool for y'all too because you get to feel this sense of like like you're a part of the a part of the show every time you listen to it you know that you have directly supported it and that's a really cool part of the network so yeah go to maximumfund.org slash donate now don't don't wait uh, tell a friend tweet about the show you the the uh, drive using the hashtag maxfundrive uh, and thank you all so we much we're going to get through more questions time to get serious about questions. How, I'm taking I'm taking the wheel away from you guys. I'm steering Justin, us to more questions. Take the wheel. Okay. Uh, will season two have an equivalent to Magical Costigo where fans can submit content? Please be monsters. I want to submit monsters. That's from Kyle. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I definitely gonna keep doing the tweet about the show using the Zonecast hashtag. You'll end up as a character in the show. Like that's for sure gonna be a part of it. Um, all of the games we did and the like, uh, powered by the apocalypse games are not so necessarily built around, uh, having a huge inventory of, of magical items, right? They're more based around like what your characters can do and sort of more realistic, 
um, not realistic, but more sort of person to person interactions based on like what your what your uh, basic set of abilities are. And so like, I don't really know how I would fit this in. Um, but for what it's worth, y'all motherfuckers went like 50 episodes without using any of the shit that you bought at the fantasy Costco. What about Kryptonomics? Could they, could they put, could they suggest things for the Ooh, that could be good. Yeah. yeah. Things that could appear in the Kryptonomica that wouldn't necessarily be like items that y'all use, but just sort of like flavor, flavor. Every time you learn the Kryptonomica, we can highlight like something that somebody pointed out. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. My question is directed at Griffin. I was wondering if you could talk about the music of the mini arcs. Was it harder to find a sound for each arc given the short time frame of each story? How is that process different from the balance arc? And that's from Heidi. And I'm assuming that's directed at both of us who have crafted all the music of the Adventure <laughs> Town together. Well, there was another, there's another question on the list of somebody asking if uh, everybody else had thought about making music for their arcs because they thought that it added something to the show. I really regret not... Uh, I had a bunch of music for Amnesty, but I wasn't able to like crank out a bunch of music for everybody's arcs other than the themes. And that was because, one, because we were doing weekly, y'all... Our fucking recording schedule was always, always every week, week in, week out, like down to the wire. And so I didn't know like what was going to be happening in each episode because I wasn't the one like writing it or preparing it. And so there was just literally there was not enough time to to uh, to record music for it. Um, But I do think it's like an important part of the important part of the show. Now, Justin, how did you land on elementary's theme? What was the what were the major inspirations? Griffin, it came to me. It just I, honestly the the main theme just came to me and I recorded it with my mouth to remember it and then I was like I don't know how to play specific notes on any instrument other than the baritone um and so I guess I should just stick with this so then I laid down the bass and the horns it's all about that bass and the thank you papa and then the drums and then it was like perfect <laughs> you know what i mean so that's I was like, music baby that's music that's just you um, put them it, together and, and, and just believe is. you me to answer that question nobody wants me to try to make music for anything <laughs> that is not hey that's not i got a lot of skills people i got a lot of skills that Didn't ain't stop one. me just kind of went with um, it um, it was I'm, it was I'm, really hard to find a sound for um for all the arcs, really, Amnesty was maybe a little bit easier because I had the, like, I knew, I'd known for so long, like, what that show was going to be, and so it was a little bit easier, but, like, Dust, writing kind of a darker Western theme took me forever, and then writing Commitment, I like the theme that we have for Commitment, but I don't think it was necessarily what fit the best for the genre, and I don't necessarily think it's what maybe Dad even had in mind for the genre, it is really, really, Dad, <laughs> I love you, Dad, this is not uh, me knocking you, but you texted me one day saying, um, could you write me like a John Williams-esque sort of uh, music stinger to include? And I was like, yeah, Dad, I'll just, I have no idea really how to compose uh, like orchestral music at all, and that's kind of what these themes are. And so doing like a, a you know, brass focused right. uh, orchestral theme for the show it took me uh, uh, you know the whole break that we had between balance and commitment i was working on the theme for commitment and i'm still just kind of okay with how it turned out it was really hard well i got a drop mix game so that's how i'm going to be oh, composing great. music perfect Fuck yes uh will the story of season two take off right where the introduction story ended that's from paul yes 
Cool. Did you guys debate a lot on the choosing of season two? Did you consider doing any of the other arcs besides Amnesty for season two? And Griffin, are you excited to be a DM, I guess GM now, technically? That's actually three questions. Emily, you got three in, Emily. Let me answer real quick as far as from the point of view of Dust. Writing a mystery with different sections, and I would, I, I will continue Dust as like a mystery procedural. Is not something I could do consistently every two weeks for any length of time. Like it was even just doing it for four weeks was pretty nerve wracking for me because like running into one, having to think of the stuff ahead of time, know how everyone was connected, what piece of information everybody knew, where they could be found, what time they would be awake, when they could give the piece of information, who they would give the piece of information to, and not revealing so much information that it was super obvious what was going on, but revealing enough information that when it was revealed, you could kind of say like, oh, I could see, right? Like that is not, I could not maintain that consistently week after week. Well, it's not just it's not just that the conversation that we had, and let's just be completely fucking transparent here. After we had finished Amnesty, we all had a conversation about let's do let's do that because that was we we had so much fun, and it was the first time we, there was so much fear that after we finished Balance, that we would never be able to do anything that felt similar to Balance ever ever again. There was so much so much anxiety around around that conversation and then when we finished amnesty we all kind of felt like okay that felt like the adventure zone so let's do that um and then a couple episodes into dust we were like okay wait this is really fucking good too and we're really enjoying that and the conversation that uh travis had with us was that you didn't necessarily have a whole like campaign about like you didn't have a whole campaign and didn't know how to like really do a whole i could do mini series of it you know what i mean like that's the thing but i didn't have an overarching like big bad or overarching like this is where i'm trying to get to with the story to save all no like i i i like doing mini series of it and so that was really what it came down to when we started talking about generating stuff for the off week is you know i i set up at the end of this one that the next one is them like going to you know crescent city and bringing back uh the blackwell daughter right but like that isn't to save the world or anything like i i just want to write that but well it doesn't it doesn't have to be that yeah it doesn't have to be not every story has to be about saving the world that's the thing it's like i want to write these like episodic encapsulations right and but i also need it took me like basically a year and a half to get to this like to know how this and even that was like two weeks before we started dust was like oh oh yeah well they have to do that and so like i don't know that i could generate it consistently you know what i mean so i didn't want to and plus i love playing i like being a, 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 a pc it was a conversation, though. It there was again a very small number of people who there. There was this sort of perception that like I strong armed everybody into doing my game, and that was super. That's like the reason that bums me out is because it, that's not our fucking family dynamic. Like yeah. that's not that's and and so when when folks were saying stuff like that, like it it bummed me out because it it made me think that they thought that that was how our like family works, and it's super not I think I mean if anybody's strong armed it was me and i I'll take sort of like uh, ownership of my role in that like i uh and I don't regret it, but my personal feeling was that it, it, no matter how good 
the other arcs were, I feel like we built the adventure zone with the dynamic of Griffin running it and <clears throat> the three of us playing. Yeah. And for me, it's not just about, you got to remember y'all. It's like, it, it's not just about one of us doing the story. It's about what that, that dynamic is. It is a very different dynamic of like Travis running the game and the three of us playing. It's three different people playing the game. And that's a very different, like game rules and storyline aside, that's a very different dynamic, which is something that I didn't realize until we went into it. So like for me, I was pushing from like, I, I think from the, like I think even before we did amnesty and it worked out that like amnesty was good and it was a good rule set. But like, I felt really strongly that when we returned to a main season, it should be Griffin running it because that was what we built balance on. And that felt like, the the permutation of the show that like we had worked for years to create yes. and so yeah like that said though like after after amnesty wraps up um which real quick another question we got is like how long is it gonna go and the answer is not as long as balance like probably half as long as balance uh but still telling like a a big cool story just not taking three years to do so um, and, and we do the next experimental games, I think we're all going to be at a place of comfort um, that you would think we'd be there since doing this show since fucking 2014, uh, where, like, I would I would love to play and not DM it. I would, I, I, that's, uh, what Justin said is not indicative of, like, I'm always going to be the one running the game, because I would uh, fucking adore the chance. You ask if I'm excited to be DM, and the answer is like, yes, because I'm excited to tell this story, but it is not a, a like, it ain't a, a fucking power trip thing as as but, much as some people believe. I think the next time around after this one I'm going to be real ready. Yeah. This I this is after this one I'm going to yeah. be like so ready to 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 GM is that it? Yeah. To GM yeah. one of them as they say. Just GM one out. <laughs> you know, as they say, um hello McElroy's. I have a question for Griffin and Travis. Clint too, but I believe he discussed this in commitment. And also Justin what inspired the narratives <laughs> of Amnesty and Dust? And also, while I'm thinking about it, Elementary. Thanks, Cherry K. And and commitment and commit. Well, he already. Well, you did. You you were very sentence. forward about like what commitment was was based on in the set. We did. I if you remember, like. we actually did one of these after we did commitment. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. So we've talked about a lot of the this from the commitment perspective. So, uh, hey, us three storytellers, what inspired sort of our stories? Um, for dust, it mm. I a lot of disparate element. One, and I've mentioned it a lot, is like procedurals, Mister. I really do love like the cheesier the better, like Psych and CSI and Monk and like really cheesy like detective procedurals. I I just enjoy those immensely. Uh, but I also really like uh westerns i mean my favorite movie is blazing saddles so actually um wilder is named after gene wilder and i based him off of uh anal johnson the um bartender in rockridge and so like a lot of a lot of uh blazing saddles showed up in there but the number one inspiration was romeo and juliet um Whoa. yeah that was kind of yeah that makes that track yeah so um and that came actually fairly late like it went through a lot of different iterations for me but when i struck into like a shakespearean dynamic in the town of like 
the families and, you know, the generational differences between the parents and the children and like that kind of thing. That's when it really all all started to click for me. And one of the questions we got, and I don't think we're going to be able to get to it, but somebody asked me like how old Anne is. And like, it's interesting, right? Because when I was thinking about these characters, all I thought about was there are a parent generation and an offspring generation and how different those interact with each other, right? And so I don't really know that I have age. I mean, everyone's of age, whatever that means to you. I mean, 18 or older in my head. There, I had so much shit, like yeah. backstory and relationships and, you know, re- all this stuff <laughs> written for dust that I never got to. That's true of all of them. My biggest inspiration, I mean, in some part, is the uh, supernatural dramas like Supernatural and Buffy and stuff like that, but way bigger than that. Like, the original sort of inspiration was Persona. This this idea of uh, living in a town that you try to flesh out as much as any other character, which is something I want to do more of with with Kepler, um, but having sort of this secret uh, adventure that nobody else knows about that is going on at at night, right? Like the dark hour or the midnight channel um, and having this sort of like home home base where everybody can just sort of be and have it be a nice, a nice place that you uh, can hang out in while doing this sort of secret battle against the, the forces of darkness. Like I've always loved that shit. And so that's, that was the biggest inspiration. And, and Justin, what was your inspiration for elementary? Oh God, that's so many, um, because uh, you had Sherlock Holmes, and Place you had Beyond the, the Pines, uh, Call Me by Your Name, Shape of Water, uh, Spotlight, <laughs> Amadeus, uh, <laughs> Million Dollar Baby, Hurt Locker, um, Twelve Years a Slave. Are you just? Are you just, are you just? Are you just running through your Netflix queue? Spotlight. I'm uh, pretty sure he's looking at the best picture winners. No, just a, there's like so many different like influences it's like hard to i no i uh i said i was gonna do the greatest detective story ever and i did a story about the greatest detective ever so i fucking completed my mission accomplished mission accomplished um i start to get panicky it starts to like actually make me kind of nauseous when we talk about the things we do for too long because i start to feel very navel gazy oh i love it just like oh i it shows um uh (laughs) how as leading a game changed how you approach how you run your player characters and how you interact with the other players in the gym no the gm that's from connor and the gym and the gym the gym i I can say i can i can answer this i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fuck with the dm and the gm oh i am (laughs) well that's good stuff no you definitely should keep doing that because still but not as much not as much scene where errol just wouldn't fucking go with ellison blackwood to go talk to the banshee that's hey why did the why did we all start riffing after griffin rang the bell it's because i was punishing griffin for not just going with ellison blackwood (laughs) but um one of the things that i uh, am going to come away is not try to plan too much ahead for because this is the thing that happens a lot where we finish a recording and then I spend the next two weeks thinking about the next thing I am going to do as my yeah. character is right but that's not really how the collaborative like story building process works so it's easier just to play in the moment rather than as the player character try to think about like the next three scenes you want to do you know let's move on uh, this is a question from uh, Katya, who says, I have a very important question to Travis about Aubrey Little. 
Is she a lesbian? So uh, when I talked about, so I based Aubrey on four people, right? Uh, she's named after Aubrey Plaza. Um, and she like is pierced and tattooed like my friends, uh, Verona, Tybee and Kate. Right. And so all four of those people are bisexual. And so it was just kind of in my head when I, it wasn't even really a decision that I made, but as I was picturing Aubrey and basing her off of these four people that she just like was bisexual. Um, so to answer your question, Kadria, she is bisexual. Like all four of those people. Uh, here's a question from Trevor who says, I'm a big fan of regional storytelling. And I was wondering, given that this arc is set in West Virginia, do you see this season as an opportunity to tell stories about West Virginia in a positive light or at least not in a negative light? Uh, yes, that's very yes, important yes, to yes, me. Yes, yes. I thought, I thought that'd be very cool to like tell a story about people living in West Virginia. That is not the same fucking three stories that people have told about living in West Virginia over and over and over again. Um, what else is on here? This question is for Griffin. How did it feel to be hands-off for the setup of the last battle in Amnesty? Are you nervous about this going forward? And that's from Rosalind. I'm not nervous. I thought that was great. Um, and that's like that's like one really cool thing about Monster of the Week that I think is going to continue to be very, very cool is that the the like final confrontation is is at least how I led the game uh not going to be something that i come up with at all the whole battle of y'all being in a cave and doing the fire trap and all that stuff was was completely not anything that i had made up so and i I thought that was really neat and i think that you all like it it, it's a, a cool way for you all to come up with like what the climactic moment of each arc is gonna be um and and so i'm i'm super excited about that well, awesome. So uh, we're going to wrap up. But first, I want to remind everybody one more time. It's the Max Fun Drive, um, and it's your opportunity to support the art and artists you love. Um, if you go to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate, you can become a member. And what that means is you pick a monthly donation level that you're comfortable with. And here's the amazing thing. And it really, oh, that sounds like such a gross sales pitch. But here's the thing I love the most about Max Fun: When you become a member and you make these pledges, it goes directly to the shows you listen to. You are asked, which shows do you listen to? And so a percentage, a small percentage goes to cover the overhead of Max Fund so they can pay their employees. But the rest goes directly to the artists you like. It's not like some, you know, amorphous blob of the money goes in, you have no idea where it goes. It, we have been able to, you know, focus on Adventure Zone and put as much work into it as we do because we know directly how many people care about it and we know what it means to y'all and how much you support it. And so it's an amazing system. I love the Max Fun Drive and I love the Maximum Fun uh, structure and it means the world to us. And so. And we should also mention like this kind of a weird year for us at the Adventure Zone doing the Max Fun Drive because we're about to, we're not doing the same show we've done mm-hmm. for the past couple Max Fun Drives. And so like, um, I, f- I don't know your your support i feel like now more than ever would uh would mean the world to us and you know is, is a way of saying like we're supportive of the thing that you're making whatever whatever shape it takes if you again if you have the means we really appreciate it it's maximumfund.org slash donate is the link you can go to go do it now and um thank you all very very much if you, listen i'm just gonna say because you guys won't if you all don't keep supporting us our dad has to go back to work 
And listen, y'all. Yeah, I mean, I got to start getting up at 3.30 in the morning again. Please. please. Oh, that's, that's, assuming, that's assuming you'd be able For to get your old job back. There's no reason to think that's the and he no, he no. he burned those dinks on his oh, last no, day. Y'all have dessert. no idea. Hey, no. listen, did you ever see Half Baked? Uh, it's, it's a good yeah. flick. Check it out. Um, this yeah. has been Justin's cool flicks recommendations. <laughs> it's a new segment I'm starting. <laughs> a new segment on the Adventure Zone every episode. Uh, so next week, the second week of the Max Fun Drive, we will be doing the next episode of the Adventure Zone Amnesty, episode six, the first episode of a new arc. Um, I'm very excited for you all to see what what nasty monster I have cooked up for you this time. Now, oh, that's not the pirate one then, right? We're not no. doing the pirates. Not doing pirates. Uh, it is actually the monster is two pirates. Um <laughs> It's a new thing. Yeah, so that'll be next week. And then I think we'll actually also have another episode the week after that uh, just to get us back on our bi-weekly schedule. And then from that point on, we're back to bi-weekly so that we can focus on making the show as good as we uh, as we need it to be without uh, suffering from sort of soul-crushing time management issues. Um, anything else here as we're sort of wrapping? Thank you, again, like, thank you all so much for hanging with us during the experimental yeah. arts. That was a, that I understand that that was a lot to ask from you, the listener. And we've groused, a, you know, a little bit about some of the, again, very, very small minority of the response that we got. Um, but it really, you all stuck with us during a, yeah. a period of this show that we were all very, very scared to enter into. And you all made it. Uh, something that was not only like really, I think at the end of the day, pretty enjoyable for all of us, but as we were hoping, like really, really, really informative uh, about how to do and this show better and make. I the show will we also say, just and re- to, not to put too fine a point on it, but as we were finishing balance, we were really worried that like, what if you know we we what if people just liked balance and then that was done, and so many of you have like come out to be like. I like this too, and it it really does mean a lot to us. It has been wonderfully supportive, and I it, we just appreciate we appreciate it so much. Yeah, you can't put too fine a point on it. We got so much positive feedback about about dust and amnesty and commitment and elementary and and constructive criticism. Yeah. Like that that yeah. w- that was really helpful too. Yeah, we take that in, and we really do. It, it, it's extremely helpful, and I. I plan on going back to commitment. I got some stuff planned. So yeah, I've, I, I didn't get it. Futures for all of them. I actually I need more elementary. About my thing. I didn't get a single critique. So it's got. Well, I guess it's kind so of all positive. Must have all been. Positive. Yeah. Ugh. All positive. Yeah. It's, which is wild. you all need to become a donor if only to hear Justin's elementary episode. It was the most fun we've ever had recording an episode. I feel like. Okay. Um. All right. Let's let's, let's wrap up. I thank you all so much. Next week, uh, the I guess season premiere. That's a weird way of thinking about it, since we already did five episodes. But uh, April twelfth, that was a we'll backdoor doing, pilot. That was the backdoor pilot, and then literally the day after that, we're gonna have a live show in uh, in Dallas. And uh, wow. yeah, I think that one's sold out. But we're doing. Oh hey, uh, whole- Houston. By the way, this is a Bim Bam show, but like Houston, can you come to our show? Can please? you like step up, please? <laughs> Can you please buy some tickets? Only we like want to do more shows that aren't in like Boston and New York and so and and San Francisco and stuff. So we need you, Houston, step up. I don't know why we Travis hates Boston and San Francisco out, so much. I love those towns. Listen, remember yeah. your hometown boy, Justin McElroy, l- still loves those cities. Unlike Travis. And if we don't sell out, if we them. don't sell out Houston, if we don't sell out Houston, I'm gonna have to go back to radio. Yeah, there it is, I mean, folks. So you heard it here first. 
uh okay that's it uh macroshows.com slash tours if you are want to see what the dates are and tickets and we're also doing a book tour for the graphic novel and there's some tickets available for that too again all at macroshows.com slash tours and maximumfund.org slash donate is where you go to become a member of the network and we'll see you next week bye bye y'all MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.